what's going on everyone welcome back to the midnight terrorist podcast i'm kevin slash bucky here with a very special guest you know him you love him it's our jacob honeybrook slash roy what's up brother hey what's going on man thanks for having me back yeah man always a pleasure always a pleasure uh i feel like i've seen a lot of you lately with a couple <laughs> of drafts here and there and uh you know you guesting on other podcasts and you know introducing us to new friends it's great <laughs> i'm like dog shit man i'm everywhere <laughs> uh or you're like zombies in this movie that are everywhere a very good point there are zombies <laughs> plenty in this one yeah man so uh roy it's good to have you back brother we've uh we've done a lot of recording together this year and uh always a pleasure to have you on and uh as i just said we're gonna talk about some zombies this week shall we i think it's gonna be a good time Let's do it. It's got to be a good time. No other option. Can we talk about the most ludicrous zombie movie I think I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> I would love to talk about that. Uh, so welcome back, everybody, to the Midnight Terrorist podcast. As I said, me and Roy are here together again to talk about some zombies, which I think we've only done one other time on the show when we tackled uh, Night of the Living Dead, the original with uh, Lawrence. Um and uh that was a good time and it's good to be back we don't talk about enough zombies on here i think yeah i'm surprised that 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 was the only zombie movie you guys have done yeah i don't know why we we just uh it's just a a genre in horror that we haven't gotten to as much for some reason so but uh i'm glad you uh you you forced our hand and brought us to this one (laughs) (laughs) because we're talking about land of the dead from 2005 and so Roy, this was this came to the table uh, because you mentioned this in your picks for the very first draft that we did in October, the uh, Halloween or wait October Watchlist Fantasy Draft that we did, and that's how we landed on this one. Yeah, this is my go-to zombie movie. So when I was putting that list together for movies to watch in the fall, I was like, well, I got to pick a zombie movie. I love Land of the Dead, so that makes sense. Let's do it. Yeah, and at the time for me, this was your most off-the-wall pick for me because this was the one I didn't know anything about. (laughs) No (laughs) way. Because what'd you pick? You picked Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Uh-huh. You picked... uh, This. You picked (laughs) Land of the Dead. (laughs) Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills. Oh, that's right. You had two Halloween movies. Hellraiser Inferno. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I might correct myself. That might be the most. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. And not too many people even know that one. And then what was your last one? Hmm. Halloween 2, Halloween Kills, Land of the Dead. It's probably in my phone somewhere. Oh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. And you gave us your best falsetto, Dawkin. Well... Uh, so yeah, Hellraiser Inferno might actually be the answer. That's <laughs> so what I was most, thinking too. The most when, ludicrous pick on your list. When I went back and I was looking at this, I was like, did I get on crack to pick that or? <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how this one came to be. Um, we are doing a couple of recordings this week and the, the ball was put into your court for you to pick the movie for us to talk about. And that's how we got here. Um, yeah. And as I said, this is only our second zombie movie, I think, that we've covered outside of, you know, Night of the Living Dead 68 being our first one. And we're back to George Romero on this one. Um, 
I really didn't know much about this movie going in. I I think I messaged you yesterday. I thought this movie was a lot older. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know Romero has what is he? He has like six zombie movies, right? Well, there's Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and I can't think of any other ones. There might be another one in there there's somewhere. One, there's one more that I looked at. Oh, I'm gonna look this up. I looked All it right. up on Wikipedia. There's one more that I'd never heard of. Okay. Because uh, Diary of the Dead, Survival of the Dead. Huh. I don't think I've ever seen that, but I've seen the other ones. Survival might, of the Dead. I think that might be his last yeah, one. That would make he, sense. Because he, Well, maybe not, because he died in 2017. Let me see real quick. Because if I remember right, I think Diary of the Dead came out around 2008 or 2009. Yeah, 2007, and then Survival of the Dead was his last one. Okay, I'll have to uh, watch he was that. Al- he was also an executive producer on The Crazies from 2010, the remake. I think I knew that, because didn't he do the original Crazies? He did, yeah. Okay, well, that's pretty um, cool they got him on board to produce it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then I know of Diary of the Dead. That's like a found footage one, right? Yeah, but don't let that deter you. It's that man i've only seen it once or twice but every time it just creeps me out oh dude i don't i don't have any problems with found footage movies if they're done well i love found footage oh i have problems with found footage movies <laughs> what are it's so let's it's, go on a quick side tangent what, okay let's do it what let's talk about some found footage real quick okay So i feel you they are very hit or miss they either are really good or they're really bad yeah and probably the one that everyone's gonna think of would be one of two either Blair Witch Project. Great. Or Paranormal Activity. Great. Okay, see, that's my thing. <laughs> when I, because I've seen uh, five of the Paranormal Activities. I saw one, two, three, four, and the marked ones. How many are there? Seven. Getting <laughs> into like Friday the 13th territory. Yeah, there's one, two, three, four marked ones, Ghost Dimension, and then uh, Next of Kin. Ghost Dimension sounds pretty cool. I'd like to go there. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, honestly, I loved them all when I first saw them. They don't hold up as well to me. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. They were, weren't they like the biggest grossing box office film when they for, came out? For like a ever? while there, yeah. And then, I don't know, I guess the novelty wore off or whatever. Yeah, but I not... remember it was a pretty steep decline pretty quick. Although I will say of all of them, that first one I still think holds up beautifully. I still really like that first Paranormal Activity. I need to go back and see it again. It's been so long. Um, but what... So let, let's let's go to found footage again for yes. a second. What found footage <laughs> movies do you like outside of... So you're, you're pro Diary of the Dead then? Yeah, like I said, I've only seen it twice, and it's been a couple years since I've seen it again, but I just remember it being just so creepy. Um, My gripe with them is this. (laughs) (laughs) The the ones that are done well are fine, and it's a cool take on filmmaking, but I think I went through a string where every movie I turned on, like if I'd go on Netflix or whatever... (laughs) Look at a horror movie. It was like every movie was a found footage movie. Yeah. And it was just an excuse to have shitty production because Yeah, it was it was an it was a way to get a movie made without having a budget, basically. Right. And if you know, you, you can find a gem in there like anything, but 
Oh my god! Like I was just like, anytime I turn it on for a while and see if it was found footage, I would just turn it off. I'm like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, there are some good ones out there. I actually do think that the concept of a found footage movie in a zombie apocalypse is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it was, and it, I think I can't remember if it was on a camcorder or it was shot on like a phone or something because. I know the iPhones are coming out around the time it was made. So I think there was, it might've just been a digital camcorder. I can't remember, but yeah. So, so important question. Have you seen the movie Quarantine? <laughs> I was just talking to somebody about Hell that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's like a remake of Wreck because Wreck was like a yeah. foreign film, right? Yeah. And I just found that out. I was like, oh, he said, yeah, the dude I was talking to, he said those original ones, Wreck are like the first two are crazy scary. Yeah, I've heard it said both ways. I know it said, I think some people call it record. Other people say wreck. Mm. Um, but uh, I never saw the second quarantine, but the first one was really good. <laughs> mm. Of all I the zombies in the apartment building. Oh, yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I saw the second one, but goddamn if I can remember anything about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we haven't talked about found footage much on the show either yet. Um, I'm sure we'll get to it. We haven't done Blair Witch Project yet. We love that one. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a, there's some stinkers in there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, we are so off track, but that's okay. That's what we do here. <laughs> uh, so Land of the Dead, this is the fifth installment. No, fourth installment of, uh, the, I believe... of, the, of the Dead series from Romero. I believe it's fourth if you don't count the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yes, that's right. So it's the fourth of six of the Living Dead movies. Yeah, because so, I remember it was a big deal when he made this one because it was the first zombie movie he had made since Day of the Dead, which I think was like 88 or 89. May have been even earlier. Yeah, something like that. And honestly, what shocked me about this movie is that you know so george romero is always like noted as like the indie filmmaker right because the original night of the living dead was so low budget and so just done on what they had at the time and then just became this pop culture icon and what impressed me and threw me off guard with land of the dead is that this is fairly low budget <laughs> you know for for how uh for how established George Romero would have been by 05, it's kind of shocking that this is still kind of a kind of an indie movie in its own way. Like the way the way it's shot, the practical effects, you know, I feel like he could go bigger if he wanted to, but it seems like he wanted to stay true to the spirit of Night of Living Dead 68. Yeah, that's interesting you say that, because when I was watching it, I I kind of thought it felt more like a high budget film for, <laughs> for what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought like the set pieces um the effects and everything i thought it all looked great and i'm like it's kind of weird <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no when when we start getting a look at the zombies in particular and when they're walking around that was really where i started to realize that uh it was fairly modest budget wise and looking at mm -hmm. it wikipedia you know take it or leave it it says 15 to 19 million dollars is the budget for this okay um which makes sense um but uh, it really honestly looks great. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Do you think that it was intentional? He went for more of that low budget kind of grindhouse looking feel. 
So that's what I was going to ask you, because um, like I said, I'm a little less familiar with Romero's work and the the Living Dead series. But to me, it seems like there's um, a theme to stay true to that from my perspective. But being less familiar, I wanted to ask you, does that seem I wanted to ask you the same question. Does that seem like a conscious effort, especially when you go forward looking at um diary of the dead like does it stay true to the indie feel you think of of the original yeah i think diary definitely does because like we we're talking about it's one of the found footage ones so they didn't really need a huge production for what that for the look they were going for at least um but yeah i mean i'm thinking back to dawn of the dead you know that had the same feel as night of living dead just in color this time um and one of the reasons <laughs> why the blood's like way too red is because i think I've heard two things in Dawn of the Dead, why the blood looks weird. One is because when they were making it, they messed something up and it was supposed to be like, um, or no, I know what it was. That was the skin on the zombies. And that's why they look gray or blue instead of gray, because when they were mixing the paint for the zombies, they messed it up and <laughs> the, the skin looked fine on the camera or through the camera, but once they got into editing, they're like, why, why did these things look blue? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, um, that's definitely got that indie charm to yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but that's really cool, though. And, you know, again, like, you brought up the Dawn of the Dead remake, which we've covered on the show. Um, comparing the Dawn of the Dead remake to something like 1968's Night of the Living Dead, or even this, Dawn of the Dead 2004, you know, being a Zack Snyder film, feels very, as gritty as it is, it feels very polished compared to something like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, while this is a little more modern than the other Living Dead movies, this one still feels, like you said, kind of grindhousey, kind of, you know, dirty and gritty. Um. And then Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder feels very like high budget, big production, like Hollywood movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought that was interesting that by 05, you know, being George Romero of Night of the Living Dead 1968, um, I thought that was interesting that he kind of chose to still have a modest budget uh, for this. And I, I did see or I did hear not too long ago that he was in line to do Resident Evil, the first one. Yeah, he actually made commercials that aired in Japan for it. That's so interesting. That would mm. could you imagine what that would have been like if George Romero had worked on Resident Evil? Well, apparently he he wrote the script and it, it, I guess it's out there and it's very different than what was put out. <laughs> I'm sure compared to George Romero and Paul W.S. Anderson, I'm sure it was very different. <laughs> yeah, but um, if you go on YouTube, you can see the commercials he directed for Resident Evil 2. They're on there and they're pretty badass. I guess he also did some sort of endorsement for House of the Dead from 2003. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Which is my favorite So Bad It's Good movie. <laughs> it's a terrible movie, but it's hilarious. Um, Same with the voice acting in those video games. <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, they even include clips from the game in scene transitions. And <laughs> that's amazing. In House of the Dead. Um but uh, no, I I like the feel and the look of, of Land of the Dead. And again, this is my first watch of this. Um, but let's throw it to you. When did you first see this? 
I think I first saw it pretty close to when it came out. My brother had seen it and liked it, so he's the one that got me to watch it. And um, yeah, it was probably around like if it came out in 05, I probably saw it in 06 or 07. And I've watched it a couple times through the years. I don't know, probably like half a dozen just because like I was talking about, it's my go-to zombie movie. So whenever I'm in the mood to see some uh, undead guys getting their heads blown up, I'm going with Land of the Dead. And uh, I can confidently say after watching it, it's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah, I love this one. <laughs> this movie is uh, absolutely ridiculous, but I loved it. <laughs> um, and sorry if you can hear my dog clattering in the background. He's kicking his collar to itch. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I did hear something. <laughs> but um, sorry, that was me tap dancing behind my behind my desk. <laughs> but uh, a man of many talents. Yeah. <laughs> tap dancing while covering sleep token <laughs> but uh no this was my first watch and uh i really enjoyed this one this this movie's ridiculous first of all i should say like it is so over the top and uh just absolutely batshit crazy but it's a lot of fun and it's man does this movie go quick like, it's like 90 minutes long and does not waste any time yeah, once once it gets going, it's just boom, boom, boom. Um, and uh, I gotta say, man, like walking through this, I love these opening credits at the beginning. <laughs> I have here. that in my notes too. These things are so creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, you have uh, the audio of the news broadcasts talking yes. about the outbreak. Yeah, I thought this was because most of the zombie movies that you see, you get some sort of origin for the outbreak. Mm-hmm. and you don't get that here like they yeah. sum it up in audio like in voiceover and that's it <laughs> well that's one of the things i i like so much about this movie is just the setting and the world that has been created because before this i can't remember a zombie piece of media film or video game that really dove into what it would be like a couple years after the outbreak and that's one of the things that really drew me to this one is that it was different. It's, you know, I think at one point the guy says he's been working for the main boss for three years. So you got to figure, you know, it's probably that the zombies have probably been around for at least five years. And so many times it's always just focused on the outbreak or like the day after the outbreak. So to see how society would rebuild itself after that is was really intriguing to me. And that's why I told you it reminds me of Walking Dead before Walking Dead, because Walking Dead, that's pretty much what it's about after the first couple seasons. They, yeah. It's very human-to-human combat or human-to-human arguments or whatever. You know, the village over here is feuding with this village. And you kind of get that in this one. There's a lot of, I wrote it down, like humans are the monster feel to it. And I got to say, man, you're hitting the nail on the head for me. So I'm not the biggest walking dead fan um i watched the first season which was only six episodes and that was fine and then after that when they started going like 26 episodes a season i just i couldn't get on board with it because Mm -hmm. the storylines that you're describing the human versus human action was so drawn out (laughs) in walking dead that it's just like man i can't keep up like i can't keep my attention on this And what I like about this movie, what I don't like about Walking Dead, about those storylines being dragged out, 
I loved in this movie because they only take 90 minutes to tell those stories. And as cool as the zombies are in this movie, what intrigued me the most was that that system, that hierarchy that's been established in the wake of the of the zombie apocalypse and how there's this, um, I don't know, like this almost like a Garden of Eden location that the wealthy people are in while everyone else is living on the streets just behind what's believed to be you know safety precautions um yeah i thought that was really interesting actually yeah i i thought it was really cool how all the rich people live in that fiddler's green skyscraper and then when they first get back there and they show the contrasting scenes you know you have this these people living in a high-rise almost like the apocalypse never happened they're shopping and restaurants and luxury apartments in here and then it shows like the street life and it's basically like mad max escape from new york outside of this wealthy area mm-hmm. yeah i thought i thought that was uh really interesting and a very bizarre way to live to just be in straight denial that there's a zombie apocalypse <laughs> and just oh look at that shop like hell can i take your order today like well, what just... I was what I was thinking about is the zombies have probably been around for a while that you got to think they they probably just got accustomed to it almost like they're wild animals like yeah. hey there's there's coyotes beyond the fence so probably don't go out there which they show you uh in other parts of the society because they literally have this is the stuff that was making me like throw my hands up being like what the fuck is going on where they literally have zombies chained up saying, take a photo with a zombie. Yeah. Or when there's people on the streets doing zombie themed puppet shows for kids. <laughs> like it was so like when the when the puppet shows showed up, I was like, what? Yeah. Like this yeah. is just their life. Yeah. And they use the zombies as entertainment. And then uh, they've got uh, a almost like a crime boss, like a or no, like a casino owner that puts one of our main characters in a cage fight with zombies for literally just for entertainment. Like, yeah, it's badass. <laughs> and the people are betting money on it to see who's going to survive. Uh, that, that's crazy, another thing. Crazy system. That That's another thing I love about this movie is there's so many influences on it from other genres. Like it's a straight up horror movie for sure. But like, I was saying there's a Mad Max feel to it because people ride around in like the Dead Reckoning truck. They ride around on dirt bikes and Jeeps and they wear, you know, some of them wear like Mad Max looking stuff. And it takes like a sci-fi element. There's crime elements to it. There's humor in it. And it just all makes this crazy movie at the end of it. Well, so this might be a weird uh, comparison for me, but the cage fight scene took me more like to a comic book world because I was thinking of the scene from the very first X-Men movie with Hugh Jackman in the cage fight Mm -hmm. and it being mutants fighting each other or like a mutant taking on normal human beings. Okay. I was Uh, thinking you were going to say Spider-Man against Randy Savage when he was Bonesaw. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But Bonesaw is ready. I got you for three minutes, huh? Three minutes of playtime. <laughs> All right, we can 
we can we need to be able to podcast so maybe we shouldn't do that as much <laughs> well you probably have a technique down i don't <laughs> i i've spoken like a wrestler a few times in my life believe it or not <laughs> well you do a pretty good vince mcmahon as people found out on the, on the <laughs> october watch list draft um but yeah no dude so i these opening credits you know going back to those for a minute were super unsettling Mm -hmm. um and i turned off my lights to watch this and was just like and there's you know little quick cuts to zombie imagery and um you know the broadcast just keeps going saying things like no time for proper burial like you need to you know get rid of them as soon as possible um and it was just great and then (laughs) and then we cut to the zombies walking around the town (laughs) and i honestly thought for a minute that some of these zombies were CGI because of the way they were moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, okay, no, they're actually, <laughs> they're actually moving around. So they're the, these are the zombies. Okay. And then we, we cut to this gazebo thing <laughs> and there's zombies mindlessly playing band instruments. But there's no rhythm or anything. They're just kind of like blowing into a tuba. Yeah, like I, was literally, I was literally hearing this like <laughs> noise. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And it's a zombie just like mindlessly playing into a tuba. Yep. And then there's another zombie couple walking around holding hands. And so I wondered like, because I didn't watch a trailer for this or anything. I didn't know anything oh, about it. So you're really like, what the fuck <laughs> so is this? I was literally like... <laughs> what is happening and they explain that very quickly that and this is something i'd never seen before that the zombies are also adapting to this just being normal routine and are learning to behave like humans yeah i find this to be the creepiest element of the movie because zombies are supposed to be in other films they are mindless hungry creatures right right the fact that now there is a cheese element to some of the shit that they do in this <laughs> in, in this movie, but the fact that they are so used to the way humans behave that they're just learning to act like people again while also being monsters is insanely creepy to me. See, I thought it was more of them reverting back to their human ways. Oh, that's an interesting way to look at that, yeah. But yours makes sense too. If they've seen human society it would make sense they'd imitate it. Yeah. So we now I gotta say, this the lead actor, Simon something. You remember what his name is? Uh in the film? Yeah, the lead guy that we're following, Riley. I believe it is Denbo. Riley Denbo. Okay. So the actor that plays him, do you know him from anything else? Because he has a really familiar face to me, but I cannot place what I might know him from. <laughs> I thought the same thing. He looks like he had been in stuff around that time, but when I looked his name up, I'm like, eh, it doesn't really sound familiar. Simon Baker. Yeah. Yeah, no, I guess I don't know him from any... He just, he has one of those faces where he looks really familiar to me, but I mm-hmm. can't place what I know him from. Yeah. Um. So we meet him, and we see him and his one of his, like, scouts on... Because they're... He's part of this little regime that goes out to get medical supplies and just basically just resources uh, on the town, right? Yep. So they work they work for somebody in the city, and then they take their team out in uh, the Dead Reckoning truck 
and they go into the zombie areas and get supplies, medicine, food, whatever they need, and bring Which it back to the city. Is the star of the movie is Dead Reckoning. This thing is fucking badass. <laughs> Dude, isn't it though? <laughs> like, I want this vehicle so badly. And what's cool about it is it's like an evolution of what they did at the end of Dawn of the Dead when they Mm -hmm. tried to armor the truck out and put chainsaws in it. This (laughs) is what I was thinking. Yeah, this is like that thing on steroids. Yeah, it's fucking badass. Um, But we meet one zombie, and this was another thing I'd never seen before, that is going to be like our head villain, like our head zombie that we're following in the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I didn't realize had a name, but in the credits, they call it Big Daddy. Big Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he's kind he's like an auto shop mechanic that just that turned into a zombie. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be the one to lead other zombies towards the city throughout the movie. Yeah, and that's part of what makes this so interesting is that you're starting to see the the very beginning of evolution right like the zombies are learning all this stuff and it's kind of a theme throughout the movie that they're picking up on things and learning new stuff and it only makes sense because you know if you believe in evolution pretty much every animal you know humans all the way to fish (laughs) have figured (laughs) out a way to adapt and survive throughout this so it only makes sense the zombies will do the same Mm -hmm. so we open on this raid and we've got riley and his team who are going to raid to get some supplies. I fucking had no idea John Leguizamo was in this. (laughs) Love, love, love John Leguizamo. Anytime he gets to go batshit crazy in a role, I'm here for it. Yep. And uh, what's his character's name? Cholo? Yep. Uh, He's great in the movie. I they fooled me, man. I thought he was going to be the big bad in the human race. Yeah, they would lead you to believe that because just something about him shifty. <laughs> well, because they set up that conflict really early on with mm-hmm. Cholo and Riley. So I was like, yes. okay, John Leguizamo was going to be the bad guy, and mm-hmm. they tricked me. Yeah, and it's weird because there's. I, I thought of this when I was watching it too. There's zombies, there's one side of the humans, there's another side of the humans. Really, the only person we have that's a true protagonist is Denbo, because all the other sides are so gray. Mm-hmm. And you can see where each side is coming from in their motivations. Exactly. Um, so we open on this raid. We have one kid that dies. He's a rookie, right? And he goes down pretty quickly. Yeah, he gets bit and then shoots himself in the head. Yeah, that came out quick. Right. But that was his choice. He said, I will not become one of those things. And he blows his head off. Yep. Um, and, you know, that this opening's again, just a lot of fun. Uh, it's just, you know, it's what you'd expect in a zombie movie. But, man, this movie gets straight to the action. Yeah, it does. Um, and they set up early on that the zombies are affected by fireworks. Uh, so they shoot fireworks in the sky every night. That's why they go out at night, which I thought was interesting because someone asked them, why don't you go out during the day? And then they say, oh, we shoot off fireworks and the zombies just can't look away from it. Yep. The sky flowers put the flowers in the graveyard, which they have a name for the zombies. What do they call them in this? Do you remember? 
it it's weird because in the first scene i believe trilla refers to him as walkers and then he calls him something else too it starts with an s but i forget what it was does he call him call him sense sense hmm <laughs> oh it's gonna bother the shit out of me now see if i can uh, find it quick yeah <clears throat> yeah it's something with an s i distinctly remember that this is such an obscure fact <laughs> <laughs> uh, only the important details this is like right? me and zach talking about how much it costs to ski <laughs> you guys <laughs> cracked me up with that one it was only the important stuff man yeah i can't find what he's what they re- refer to them as i just see oh, him zombies gonna... Oh, it's gonna bother me so much. I'm Wasn't it like back. like snips or yeah, it was something dips. something like that. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I, I remember when uh, Trillo gets bit. He says like some some fucking skip it verbatim. Yeah, yes, I believe that was uh, the exact line. He was given. <laughs> some fucking skip it now. No, that's an irrelevant detail. I just wondered if you knew off the top of your head. But uh, no, I don't. All good, but uh, yeah. Then so then we go back to the city, um, which I guess they're in Pittsburgh, is what Wikipedia says. It is, and I mean, all of our mayor stuff takes place around there. And what's cool for me is I grew up about an hour and a half from Pittsburgh. Oh, that's right. He does base around that area a lot. I forgot about that. Yep, like Pittsburgh and uh, nearby counties. Yeah, Lawrence. Lawrence told us about that. I was actually uh, at the Monroeville Mall. Oh, were you really? Yeah, my buddy's family was from Monroeville. Oh, and no uh, the one time they went out to see him, they took me and I'm like, yeah, I'm in Monroeville. <laughs> so we also have Dennis Hopper in here. <laughs> yes, as, we do. As the villain who I straight up did not recognize him. <laughs> yeah, he looks, a, he looks a lot older in this one than he did in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, and what I most know Dennis Hopper for, and this is, people are probably going to scream at me for this, is Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 <laughs> <laughs> as a lefty. I mainly know him from Easy Rider because my dad was a big <laughs> a big biker back in the day, so we'd always watch Easy Rider. So I'm like, oh, that's what Dennis Hopper looks like. And then I see him as yeah. an old man. I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> well, I love when he gets to do like over the top characters and mm-hmm. his scene with John Leguizamo was one of my favorites in the movie where John's like, you know, I've taken out people you don't like for the last, for the last three years. Like, I think I'm owed my own place in, uh, in, uh, what, what do they call this place again? Fiddler's, Fiddler's what? green. Fiddler's green. green. Um, and, uh, he's like, I think I'm owed my own place. And then he goes, Oh, we'll talk about this when you're, when you're less excited. Uh, and then he's, he, you know, he threatens him and then he just flips that switch on him, you know, real quick and then just gets a security guard and he goes, I don't need this man anymore. Um, yeah. So he's, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a, an asshole. That's for sure. Yeah. And Dennis Hopper is always great when he gets to play the villains. Like that's what he's mm-hmm. known for is being one of those bad dudes. And <laughs> his character in this is just such a conniving scumbag. Mm-hmm. He's one of those characters you just love to hate on. Yeah. His name's uh, Paul Kaufman and he's sort of the, 
the the big cheese oh, like over all of this area somehow i don't know why yeah. any i don't know why anybody would like listen to him but that's just how it goes yeah he's like what a mayor would be i guess to a town yeah but they almost like so there's like a resistance element to it as well because they mentioned this other uh this other like resistance leader that wants to stand up to him so yeah there's this uh there's a resistance element to this wanting to uh or a resistance element in this one wanting to stand up to Kaufman there's a resistance leader that we hear about called Mulligan Hmm. I didn't know his name yeah I'm looking at the plot summary just to make sure I don't miss anything (laughs) um but uh we see him get locked up at one point because there's a whole scene Hmm. where Riley and his buddy Charlie go to this like club thing. And I guess the, the guy that runs the bar is his name's Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they save slack is the name of the hooker that got put into the cage with the zombies. Never caught her name until I looked at the, <laughs> the Wikipedia page. I was I, when I was looking up stuff on it today. That was the first time I ever knew what her name was. Yeah, I think she says it in the jail, but I I think I missed it. She might. Hey, cut me some slack, huh? <laughs> oh, that's a Zach pun if I've ever heard one. <laughs> y'all are y'all. I've been, are I've been talking to him too much. <laughs> um, been doing but, more uh, talking. Yeah, no, I just I thought that was interesting that there's this hierarchy there. But there's also a resistance element to Kaufman. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. <laughs> like yeah, I know I mean, this well, movie's over the top and, and kind of bonkers, but every time I think of it, I think it's a, just a different and cool way to look at it because you don't really see this stuff in zombie movies. You don't see like business and politics. Polit- let me try that again you don't really see like the business side of things or the political side of things and this just brings that whole new element to it and i think that's one of the reasons why it stands out to me like if if you have an asshole leader like kaufman obviously there's going to be people who want to take him out of power and that's where the resistance guys are well that's what romero's always been good at though is having like really interesting subtext and themes to his movies while also making really entertaining zombie movies Sure. Um, and what I again, the zombie stuff in here is great. It's fun. It's scary. It's violent. It's awesome. But he's mm-hmm. also got this this theme of like, yeah, if if everything crumbles, like what is to, you know, who is going to step in and, you know, kind of take advantage of that? Because it's pretty clear that Kaufman isn't in this for the people. He's in this to live luxurious and, you know, be amongst wealthy people and play gatekeeper for other people you know very out for himself mm-hmm. and uh oh i know what i wanted to bring up that opening scene and sorry if i'm going out of order no go for it man <laughs> but, we're just jumping around but that opening scene whenever <clears throat> they're going through the town and they have dead reckoning and they're blowing away all the zombies on the streets and big daddy's trying to get them out of the trance they're in from looking at the fireworks did you feel bad for the zombies? Because I'm like, oh, man, this is terrible. They, the zombies are just kind of chilling and they're going through and just blowing them away. Like, that's messed up. I, I did feel bad for the zombies, actually. Yeah, he's holding the one dude and then his head gets cut off by bullets and then he's just holding his head like, oh, man, these guys, these guys are going through some stuff. 
Yeah. Like these humans uh, are kind of assholes. Yeah, no, they, well, you see that with John Leguizamo. He's like tormenting the zombies, you know, running around him in circles and shooting mm -hmm. at him. Um, so I have a text from about 24 hours ago when I was first watching this movie that I sent to you. I sent you this text uh, and I want to read this to the listeners. I said, so I'm, cause you're talking about that opening attack scene. Yes. I said, so I'm watching Land of the Dead now. Is this shit really about to be zombies that know how to use guns? Ha ha. <laughs> because Big Boy, Daddy you called that. <laughs> yeah, because Big Daddy had just picked up the gun and was looking at it. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote, how many minutes after this? Eight minutes later, I wrote, bro, this movie is batshit crazy. <laughs> like I don't even remember what I don't even remember what I was referencing when I read that. <laughs> And you said, dude, yes, they're starting to evolve in cage fucking fight. And I said, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And the society puts on puppet shows of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> so, but I mean, I guess in this scenario, I guess if that is your normal life, you would probably just do that, you know, like make humor out of it to try to cope with it. Yeah. Um, But so the real like. Uh, back and forth of the movie that we're going to see is that Riley gets arrested at the bar because he kills Chihuahua to save Slack because she's been put in the cage by shitty people to just be killed by zombies. Yeah. Um, and they bring in Riley because they kill uh, they kill Chihuahua <clears throat> and Kaufman says, I'll make you a deal. Go get your buddy Cholo because after Kaufman turns him down. Cholo has stolen Dead Reckoning, which is armed with rockets. Mm -hmm. And he's going to fire the rockets at Fiddler's Green at midnight if Kaufman doesn't give him, like, what is it, like $5 million or something? $5 million. And a place of his own. Mm -hmm. um, Real so quick, one thing I wanted to bring up, too. And I'm sorry, I'm jumping around again. No, go for it, man. <laughs> What before, we're doing. <laughs> before Cholo meets with uh, Kaufman, whenever um, the woman is screaming from the apartment because her husband's hung himself, and Cholo's like, oh, you know what I have to do? And he goes to bash the guy's head in because in this world, like The Walking Dead, it doesn't matter how you die, you come back as a zombie. And you see that, that this guy just hung himself, and he wakes up, and he's a zombie. I think I actually I'm drawing a blank on that part for some reason, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's like right before he meets with Kaufman and then he goes and meets him. But yeah, the one of the old rich guys hung himself and uh, the his son goes to get him down. And that's when the old guy turns into a zombie and he bites his son. Huh. Yeah, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on that scene for some reason. Nothing? No, I don't know what happened there. I mean, that's an interesting scene, though, but it is. Like, yeah, I remember it happening, but I can't visualize it is what's weird. Gotcha. Um, it's just interesting because I once again, uh, this is very, this was this movie is almost ahead of its time in some of the stuff it was doing with the zombie genre. Oh, for sure. But until that, you know, you never really turned into a zombie unless you got bit. Now we're seeing people can just have a heart attack and oh, shit, there's zombie now. <laughs> I do remember that episode of Walking Dead in season one where they realize when they all die, they just become zombies anyway. So there's really nothing they can do to stop it. We're all infected. Um, so that's going to be our, our back and forth is Cholo and Riley. And I thought that was going to carry us through the rest of the movie. 
Um, and uh, <laughs> nice save. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, again, they fooled me though. I thought for sure Cholo was going to be like the villain of the movie. Um, well, this this is the part that I thought was pretty cool is what I was referencing before how Cholo and Riley's former team are this one group of people in the movie that could be considered antagonists. Mm -hmm. So now Riley has to go fight his friends over here. But then you also still have Kaufman, who is this, you know, asshole leading over everybody. And then you have the zombies on this side of things. So there's a lot of different moving parts. There's a lot of different groups that you need to watch out for. But I particularly liked how they did it with Cholo taking Riley's former team. And now Riley has to go hunt down his former comrades. Yeah. And I do love the side characters that Kaufman orders that has to go with Riley. Yes. So we've got Manalette, uh, Motown, and Pillsbury. Pillsbury's the fucking man. <laughs> I was like, before they even said his name, I'm like, he's going to be a big dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what my favorite part about that scene is? When they introduce him, they all have one-liners that they say. They do, yeah. It's like with the old Resident <laughs> Evil games. Yep. <laughs> Barry Burton. It's like it's like character selection mode where you say yes. catchphrase when they come in. That was so cheesy and over the top. I loved it. Oh my god, it's amazing. Um, but uh, Riley's gonna put one over on Kaufman because he's like, yeah, I'll go get Cholo in exchange for my car that was on the in the shop for me to go up north to Canada to get away from civilization. Uh, and my friends go with me and he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But he's going to put one over him. He's going to steal Dead Reckoning to do it. Which is yeah. kind of genius. Yeah. And how relatable is that? There's plenty of times I want to get in my car and just go where there's no people. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can Specific, relate to this guy. Specifically to Canada? Specifically to Canada, yes. I hear <laughs> Nova Scotia is beautiful this time of year. Um, I do love that line where he's like, I'm going to go north to Canada. And they're like, there's no people in Canada. He goes, exactly. <laughs> I feel it, man. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, this sub, this plot here doesn't really take a whole lot of the movie. He does find Cholo at Dead Reckoning. Um, and, you know, Cholo, he basically has some device that deactivates the rockets, like the weapon system. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just kind of shake hands and go their separate ways. But Motown also is ready to turn on them because she's working for Kaufman. So she goes to shoot at them when they team up. Uh, that's yeah, what I'm saying, man. She... This, this is a hard plot to walk through. This movie's batshit crazy. <laughs> and she actually does shoot him. He takes a bullet to the gut. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we're also following Big Daddy and him leading other zombies <laughs> to the city. Uh, cause they follow dead reckoning into the city and I know it's not supposed to be funny. At least I don't think so, but the scenes of big daddy just trying to figure out how everything works mm -hmm. <laughs> are actually kind of funny. Yeah. Because he's leading the zombies back to the city to get yeah. what I took it as to get revenge on the humans for how they've been treated. And if you remember, there's one part where the military there's one zombie walking towards the city and the military is like, they usually don't come around here. I thought they'd learned. And then you see the zombies like all congregating in this big army to go back to the city. And all I could think is just like, man, if you, if you just left the zombies alone, they wouldn't be 
<laughs> coming at you in a horde now. Right. Which there is a really cool twist there when the horde when the horde actually descends on the people. Mm-hmm. Um but uh you know, so they they survive the zombies again and you know they're not gonna shoot the missiles at it. They're gonna basically go their separate ways. Riley's gonna take Dead Reckoning, Cholo's gonna go back and face off with Kaufman, and Cholo gets bit. Yeah. Was not expecting that. That was a hard, that was that sucked. I know because I really like Cholo. <laughs> John Leguizamo is very entertaining in here. He is, yeah, the wisecracking guy. Um, and he makes an interesting choice because his partner offers to kill him so he won't become a zombie, and Cholo says, "No, nah, I've always wanted to see what it's like in the other guy's shoes." Yeah. So he's gonna let himself become a zombie to go kill Kaufman as a zombie. Which, uh, again, interesting twist. It is. Because, you know, most of the times in these, when somebody gets bit, that's the end of them. They either shoot them or they die and just turn into a mindless zombie. But he, he's a zombie with a purpose. Yeah, and uh, Slack actually had a scene before when they were driving to go get to Cholo that was actually kind of heartbreaking. One of those team members gets bit. Mm-hmm. And then they're like trying to tend to him. And she asks him or Charlie or someone asks Riley how long he has before he turns. And Slack just turns around and says, I'm sorry. And just puts a bullet in his head. Like when mm-hmm. he doesn't get a, he doesn't get a say in it. Yeah. He's like, wait, no. And then fucking she puts him down. Yeah. Like I actually felt really bad for that character for that. Oh yeah. It was just very straightforward and kind of matter of fact, just like this is what happens when you get bit. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about how he get bit, how he got bit, because <clears throat> that priest zombie where it doesn't look like it has a head, and then its <laughs> head swings up and bites him. Oh, okay, man. <laughs> so let's pause on that for a second. <laughs> All right, <laughs> because I mentioned the practical effects in this movie. Right there is where that fucking 2005 CGI came in. Because when that headless priest came up, I was like, how the fuck is that thing going to bite it? Or bite this guy? And this priest swings, for, like lunges forward, and the head is dangling off the back and swings up forward so he can bite him. And whoa, that CGI was definitely some bad 2000 CGI. Yeah. What I like is they keep the CGI to a minimum in this one because stuff like that, it would just take you right out of it. Oh, they kept it minimum, but it was very noticeable because it was so oh, yeah. out of left field. Like the blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I gotta say, when people get bit, when the rookie gets bit at the store at the beginning, when they're looking for the pharmaceutical stuff, mm-hmm. there's that one zombie hiding behind the counter. He like gets his wrist like torn the fuck up when he gets bit. Mm-hmm. And the zombie literally takes a pound of flesh and eats it. Um yeah, I mean the 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 kills in this are are brutal. Like how they mm-hmm. just devour people and rip them apart, and like that scene in the armory when they're going to get the fifty cal gun, Riley and one of the team members. I thought that was a a pretty scary part because it's just this dark room and they're shining a flashlight, and you see bit by bit zombies like ripping people's legs off. There's another one just pulling guts out of a person's mouth. Mm-hmm. I love oh, the yeah, violence. Yeah, I forgot about that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. that scene was actually very creepy for sure. Yeah. Um, but again, just a lot of fun. 
Uh, again, Big Daddy, when he's learning to swim. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> it's dead weight. <laughs> so would they just sink or would they be floating around in a river? Apparently, they, according to the plot summary, they learn that they can walk safely under the water. All right. <laughs> hey, I'm one of those guys when I watch something, I, I don't worry about it. I don't try yeah, to pick plot holes in anything. That's I'm just a, like... No, that's fine. That's some Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean shit right there with the ghost walking around under the water. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that Big Daddy, like, as a zombie's looking at the water, like, mm -hmm. yeah, like what is this? Can we <laughs> and go And then in here? takes one step forward and goes, <laughs> <laughs> and all the other zombies just stare off at him. Uh huh. Um, I do love the one female zombie that's there that has like a really cool looking, like looks like her jaws broken. Yeah, on I know there. Which you know what zombie about. I'm talking about? She's like the right hand girl to to Big Daddy. She's always there next to him, and he like shows her how to use a gun and weapons. Yep. That was Prison. probably my that was probably my favorite zombie. I think mine, and you see them at the beginning, is that one that bit Trollo. It's real decayed. It almost looks like a skeleton with skin on and like real yes. scraggly hair. I thought that thing just looked awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, So we kind of get, you know, towards the, the climax and the zombies descend upon Fiddler's Green in the town, right? Mm -hmm. The twist that I was referring to that I thought was genius. So they have security, you know, to the town, right? You know, they have those guards with guns that stand up there and they monitor the zombies, the ones that you were talking about earlier that were fucking with the zombies. Yep. That twist where the zombies get in anyway, and then the security measures, like the safety measures, become basically the death of all the citizens because mm -hmm. they have all these electric fences up and no guards that know what to do. And they're like, shit these didn't keep the zombies out now they're keeping us in and to add to that twist at the beginning of the movie the humans are going around just killing zombies now the shoes on the other foot the humans are trapped in and the zombies are killing them yeah uh yeah there's a weird sympathy angle towards the zombies in this one that we kind of end on because yeah. after kaufman dies uh, because he's going to try to run away. Zombie Cholo catches up to him. Does he bite him? Does he get a bite in on him? So, first of all, how funny was, like, the butler guy? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> yeah. Whenever Kaufman's in the car and the butler's opening the, the garage door and he turns around and sees a zombie and he's just like, see you later, Mr. <laughs> Kaufman, and just runs out of there. It's like, yeah, hey, come back this, here. You have the keys. I would do the same exact thing. Um <laughs> But what happens is Cholo comes back through the garage and it's a really cool scene because he's all in the shadows and he shoots his little crossbow at mm -hmm. Kaufman and misses. So Kaufman shoots him a couple times and I'm not sure at that point if he's a zombie or not, or if those bullets kill him and he comes back as a zombie, but either way, he's wrestling with Kaufman on the hood of this limo and then big daddy rolls down a flaming gas canister and just blows yep. them both to hell. Yeah. He shoots it with a gun. Yep. Oh, is that uh, what he does? I think so. Oh, wait. Okay. Hold on. Big Daddy. It just says Big Daddy kills both with an exploding propane tank. I thought he shot it or he threw fire at it. I just remember seeing it on fire rolling down the <laughs> parking garage walkway thing. Well, they did spew, spill fuel everywhere, too. 
because the one that's zombie right. was pouring it all over. So maybe that's why. <laughs> Damn zombies <laughs> and their gasoline. <laughs> Uh, can we talk about one of the most badass characters in the movie who we kind of haven't mentioned yet? Charlie. Charlie. Oh yeah. <laughs> His friend, Riley's friend. He has one of the most badass scenes ever when he's showing, um, Slack how he's such a good shot with a gun. And he literally shoots a bullet at a zombie that goes right by her ear. Yeah. And she thought she got shot and he didn't even touch her at all. And what's cool about his character is he has some kind of disability. So everyone's like looking down on him, mm-hmm. but it turns out he's like the best shot in this city. Like he can hit a target clean from like a mile away. It's crazy. Oh, I love whenever he shows up, the people that are mean to him. Right. Like it's so fulfilling when he, yeah, justice for Charlie. He's awesome. <laughs> and then Slack goes to try the thing that he did. Like she shoots a bullet past him, but it grazes his ear. Yes. And I don't know if that was supposed to be funny, though, where he's like, I didn't hurt you and you hurt me. <laughs> She's not as good of a shot as he is. No. Um, but those two have a re- like actually a really sweet dynamic with each other. Because Charlie, yeah. she's like, you look out for Riley, don't you? And he's like, oh, yeah. You know, a lot more character development in here than I thought there would be, honestly. There's a lot more stuff going on in here than <laughs> than meets the eye to this movie. That's one of the reasons why I love it, man. Yeah. And um, can I just point out some some things along the way? Yeah, go for it. So did you catch Tom Savini? Okay, I forgot about this. <laughs> he was a zombie, wasn't he? Yeah, with a machete. Yep, I'd caught it. So he has one of my favorite ki- I think it's him with, with, that does this. He has one of my favorite kills. Or, no, wait, this might have been Big Daddy at this point. But the one army guy pulls the pin on the grenade. He's about to throw him at the zombies. And as he's throwing it, one just chops his fucking arm off with a machete. The arm falls to the ground with the grenade in it. The soldier falls on top of it and just blows up. <laughs> so I did see that. And I remember thinking to myself, is that Tom Savini? Did he work on the makeup for this? I think he had to if he had a cameo. I was going to say. jumped in. I know he at least worked on some of the Romero films, so maybe he worked on it and just came in. Maybe if he didn't work on it, it was definitely an homage to the other films. Yeah, I think he had to have had a, a part in it. But this man, makeup Ram- was pretty damn good, so this probably was Tom Romero Savini. and Savini, man. What a dream team. I know, right? Here's something else. Uh, this one always... <laughs> maybe I'm a messed up person, but anytime I see people with piercings... I always think of when the zombies get into Fiddler's Green and there's a girl with a belly button ring. Oh, this made me like <laughs> squirm. Ugh. And the zombie gets the ring in its teeth and just slowly pulls it out of her belly button and you just see the blood start to like puddle up and it. it's like, oh. oh, that made me squirm so badly. Oh my God. I always think about that. <laughs> so side tangent. I have never had a piercing. Me neither. Only, ta- only tattoos. Uh, tattoos I'm good with mm-hmm. the reason I don't have any piercings I honestly chalk up to when I was younger my sister got her belly button pierced and she got it stuck on a sheet in the closet and the only way to get the sheet out was literally to rip the piercing out no yeah <laughs> oh. and I think after that I was like I don't ever want a piercing no wonder oh my god she like I- to the hospital 
Uh, no, I don't. I think she just patched it up. She's a trooper. But I literally was watching her like bleed from it being pulled out. I was just like, <laughs> oh, that would be so painful. So that's what that reminded me of watching the zombie rip the piercing out. <laughs> I'm glad we could relive some childhood trauma with you. Yeah, thanks, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and one I more cameo. That, I know that that was your in- intention with this movie. <laughs> of course it was, yes. I'm like, how can I mess up Kevin tonight? <laughs> one more cameo. Did you see the Santa Claus zombie? Yes, but where was it? It was when they were at the bridge and a bunch of zombies are pounding on Dead Reckoning and the one Santa Claus. <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, it's only it's only like a couple of seconds, but I'm watching. I'm just like, the hell was see, that Santa like, Claus? See, this movie's a Christmas movie. It's like Die Hard and Batman Returns, right? <laughs> I forgot about that. Those are all good points, though. Um, yeah. Then we have pretty much the final showdown at the drawbridge, and they just fight off the zombies and, <laughs> and drop the drawbridge. They get back into Fiddler's Green, uh, or at least the city surrounding it. And but before they drive off the bridge, one of the zombies without its legs grabs on grabs on to Dead Reckoning. Yep, that's right. And uh, but we get back to the city, and all these poor citizens got massacred. You know, a lot of them did because they couldn't get out, so they they have to put them out of their misery. They have to shoot rockets at them and just kill all the zombies and get and kill them and you know keep them from turning or being slaughtered even more and then what i can't remember does the zombie that attached itself to dead reckoning do anything (laughs) so he has the jump scare at the end the jump scare at the end yep so if you remember like they blow up the zombies all the people who were hiding in the city come out so it's like oh cool that we actually didn't blow everyone up we've saved all these people oh i remember this scared the shit out of me man right (laughs) (laughs) this is such a great jump scare i forgot about this and they're they're saying they're saying their goodbyes and dead reckoning or whatever and all of a sudden that legless zombie drops down from the ceiling ceiling. yep yep that scared the shit out of me man and then pillsbury (laughs) (laughs) the door open and has the zombie in his arms what does he say? Oh, he has a great one-liner, and then he just chucks the zombie out. Yeah, Pillsbury. Oh, he says, he says, now we can go. <laughs> yeah, Pillsbury has the best lines in the movie. It's great. Dude, one of my favorite characters in this. We need more Pillsbury. I want to see do. a spinoff. We need a, we need a whole spinoff. Pillsbury and the zombies. Pills, Pillsbury kill boy. <laughs> I was thinking dead boy, but I guess he would be alive <laughs> and not a zombie. Yeah, hey, either or. <laughs> uh, Killsbury. But... the killsbury doughboy yes there we go oh my god you and zach (laughs) please write that (laughs) i would love to uh but so they're gonna take uh dead reckoning riley and the survivors they're gonna drive off uh into canada uh but they have they they see oh you know what they also show you that mulligan was released from prison and ended up Mm. saving a lot of the resistance people and a lot of the yep. like the normal civilians. Yeah. So like, he ended. So like basically only the wealthy people got slaughtered by the zombies. Yeah, there's definitely some subcontext in there. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all the rich people are dead, but uh, all the yeah. normal people are fine. That's fine, right? <laughs> yep. So all the survivors are going to go to Canada, but Riley locks eyes with Big Daddy and Big Daddy just doesn't care about them anymore. Yeah, it's almost like they they did what they went there to do. They got their revenge, and now they're just 
moving along. And that's when Riley kind of has this epiphany there. Not that much different than we are. Yeah, that was an interesting take on that. Yeah. I've never seen sympathy for the zombies. Yeah, it was almost like a mutual respect between the two. Yeah, but Riley has a really weird line where he's like, don't worry about them. They're just looking for a place to go to. I was like, wait, what? Where did this come from? <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, that's Land of the Dead. Like, this movie's great. Like, it's hard to walk through plot by plot because there's so much stuff happening. It's just like sensory overload, but, yeah, in, the best, feel- but in the best way. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like this one's a real underrated one, too. Like, not a lot of people I hear talk about this or Diary of the Dead for that matter. And I think these two are both great movies. Like I say, Dawn of the Dead is my, Dawn of the Dead, Land of the Dead is my go-to movie. Zombie was. We'll, we'll have to do a follow-up uh, podcast and talk about Diary of the Dead. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Dawn of the Dead because of that random ass DVD I have. <laughs> We have uh, we haven't done the original <laughs> Dawn of the Dead yet, so that is fair game. I would love to see that again. <laughs> I think the one I have on this DVD is the remake. So I it's the <laughs> I Dawn of the Dead it's the Dawn of the Dead remake, Land of the Dead, People Under the Stairs, and Halloween too. <laughs> I just realized what random DVD you're referring to. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't have a DVD of Land of the Dead. I have a DVD of four movies, and those weirdest, are it. weirdest fucking four pack I think I've ever seen. I'm Halloween, like I, Halloween 2, 1981, People Under the Stairs, Land of the Dead, and Dawn of the Dead 2004. <laughs> it's like, okay, the first two, that makes sense. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Did you just pull movies out of a hat and like, okay, here's our four pack. Yeah, only the zombie movies make sense on there because People Under the Stairs and Halloween 2 have no correlation with each other whatsoever. <laughs> they have no correlation with each other, no correlation to zombies. It's just like... <laughs> George Romero wasn't involved in either one of those. <laughs> uh, when I pulled that out, I, I was just looking at the movies and I'm like, okay, Dawn of the Dead makes sense. Land of the Dead. Okay. I'm like, Halloween too. That's kind of weird. And then it's like people <laughs> under the stairs. I'm like, what the fuck? People under the stairs. <laughs> That's the most random one right there. <laughs> right. Side note. I love people under the stairs. I remember I probably watched it almost 10 years ago now, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a good one from it's what I great. can remember. I want to do an episode on it. It's great. Yeah, it'd be uh, well-deserved. Absolutely, absolutely underrated West, West, yeah, West Craven classic. Um, but uh, yeah, man, that's Land of the Dead. And I last, last point I wanted to touch on is I asked you today or yesterday, one of the two, uh, if this movie had any influence on you when it came to creating your zombie masterpiece, New Year's Killing Eve. So you want to tell our audience what you told me? What did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> that it probably did? Something like that. No, I asked you I asked you uh if this had any any influence on you with creating the 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 class system for yep. for New Year's Killing Eve. I remember you asking me, yep. And then uh <laughs> you're like, yep, keep going. <laughs> no, I do uh, remember you. I do remember <laughs> you asking me, but I cannot think of what I said. Uh, what? I think I have your voice message on here. If it didn't expire, oh, I can just I can just tell you what I'm thinking now. <laughs> yeah, go for it. So yeah, I'm sure it did. Like, there's a skyscraper where all the rich people are. There's zombies involved in it. So yeah, I mean, 
Sorry. I was looking at the voice messages are gone, but I was looking back through the video or the stuff that you sent me in that video that you sent me popped up and your text just said, is this weird enough? <laughs> uh, anyway, continue. People are now wondering what the hell the video is. You will never know. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, this probably had some effect on, uh, on, uh, new year's killing Eve. Um, you know, that you could see a lot of similarities, I suppose there's skyscrapers where the rich people are. Um, there's zombies that the rich people turn into. Um, and just like the overall, just different, how the different classes live, I think is highlighted in there too. So I definitely probably drew from, uh, land of the dead on that one. Yeah. But you also put your, put your own spin on it too with, uh, Oh yeah. Instead of going like, I'm a rich person that just is staying away from everything. It's like, I'm a rich person who is using my resources to do fucked up things to people <laughs> that come into my into my domain. Yes, yes. You know, the, like a mad scientist vibe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, the rich guy lost his mind and poisoned everybody and that's how they became zombies. So yeah, he definitely is a is a hands-on villain in mine he's, he's not running good. away from anything uh-uh. he's a fantastic villain too so that's our endorsement for all of you to go read new year's killing eve it's great you've heard it from me and zach it's one of our favorite stories uh as are all of roy's stories so uh roy thanks for joining me man uh you want to plug your socials real quick sure uh you can find me on instagram author underscore honeybrook and that's over on Instagram, author underscore Honeybrook. There you can find a link to my Amazon page and uh, you uh, can check out all my books. They're all right there. I keep everything pretty simple. Um, active on Instagram. So check me out there. Shoot me a message. Link to my books is there as well. I keep it all in one spot. That just makes it easier for everyone. <laughs> and uh, onlythings.com. It'll just be Only videos. Things, yes. It'll just be videos of Roy watching the thing. <laughs> but they're only going to be like five seconds long yeah. so we can keep cranking content out for you years have to watch like 200 videos to get through the whole movie <laughs> some may just be screenshots it's like a stop motion film but it's free stream every time. it's a flip book <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great uh but no roy thanks for joining me uh roy this was uh quite a lot of fun uh you feel like joining me to review uh, a film submitted to the podcast for uh for a review well uh, i'm tingling i'm tingling and yes i do feel like joining you i do all right let me try to deliver that question better you, <laughs> <laughs> you feel like joining us for a review of a film that was submitted to us for a review <laughs> God, yes i do bad. God, that was bad uh no roy uh midnight terrors was hit up to review uh, a particular film that uh has a lot going on for it this year uh, and as we've talked about Lovecraft horror before, you feel like joining me for that for a review? Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. All right. Well, it's going to be me, you, our buddy ZC Kroll. Uh, I believe Jason will be on that too, hopefully. Um, so if you're hearing this episode out there, tune in to the next episode posted, I believe, on the same day. Uh, because we are going to be doing a review of the film Older Gods, which is on Amazon Prime and Tubi. 
uh, is getting a physical release soon. Uh, that was submitted to us by a film company, by the film company that made the film for us to review. So we're going to do a spoiler free uh, discussion slash review on that movie with Roy and Zach. And that's going to be a good time. So jump on over to that and then go screen Older Gods on Amazon Prime and Tubi or wherever you can track it down. It is worth your time. That is all I'll say until the review. Uh, but thank you everybody for listening to the Midnight Terrors podcast. Hope you enjoyed our zombie talk. Roy, can't wait to have you back on. Everybody, please go check out his socials and pick up his books. You will not regret it at all. And uh, maybe uh, maybe keep your eyes peeled in 2024 for something that uh, that's in the works between Roy and myself. That's all I'll say there. And then I'll do this that no one can see. <laughs> I'm doing it as well. <laughs> I'll let you all imagine what we're doing. Uh, but that's it for the Midnight Terrors podcast on this episode. Get in touch with us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram under Midnight Terrors podcast. Shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group. Tongue t- bah, come talk some horror with us. Midnight Terrors, excuse me, Midnight Terrors podcast on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. You can just join and uh, come talk horror with us and all of our awesome friends there. And uh, you can check out our T Public store if you want to pick up a hoodie, shirt, or a sticker. I hope you can flex in it as good as Roy can. <laughs> I'd flex in my Midnight Terror shirt every night before I go to bed. There we go. You stare at yourself in the mirror for that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not any different than any other day. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, get in touch with us and keep an eye out for more episodes coming at you real soon. This is the Midnight Terrors podcast. We'll see you all again soon. Peace.